Hey everybody, welcome to episode 91 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett, here with David Puccino. Hi, how are you doing? That, that didn't have as much on. <laughs> you gonna move <laughs> Oh, every week, every week, every, <laughs> we gotta do this every time. We're just dialing it in, man. We're yeah, doing yeah. perfect. That's all. Yeah, That's yeah, all. yeah. How are you doing? That's it. All I'm, right, I'm well. I'm well. How are you? Very good. Very good. <laughs> good. And Jimmy Duresta. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. What's going on? I just finished Make Affair in New York, and I knew you finished in Atlanta. And Make Affair here for me was like a whirlwind because every maker, it was like who's who was here in New York. And they all came to like my shop. Everybody, Almost. everybody right, David? Right. Everybody, yeah. except for you two guys. <laughs> <laughs> you two are the only two that weren't here. You know, Daniel from Switching Level was hanging out. Laura and April and Jocko and Barnacles and I'm going to leave people out because I can't think of everybody. But I'm, they're all going to be in the, uh, in, the, in the vlog. And nice. we had like a, a revolving door. Oh, Tom's Tool Room. Greg's Garage. These guys were all there Friday night. Everybody coming and going from my shop. Uh, my friend from Lincoln Welding came and hung out. He actually hosted us at a little restaurant near my house, and it became so noisy. We all just walked over to my shop. Uh, and uh, my friend Craig and Howard. It was just like, and people kept coming and going on Friday night. So it was like, like I said, once I kind of sift through my video and see who was there, it's going to be a funny who's who that I that I'm, like, I can't even remember. And then <laughs> so we went to make a fair on Saturday, and we did a, a, a live Twitch stream on, on stage with me, Laura, Dave, Welder, Jocko, and April, and Howard. And we just talked about how to make money on YouTube and just kind of going pro with it. And we just all shared our own experiences. And that's on Twitch. You could find that. That's live on Twitch or recorded live on Twitch. And uh, Good, because I need to figure out how to make money on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all just saying it takes time. That's the, that's the thing. It takes time. <laughs> And uh, yeah, just the bottom line is with all the stuff we know, just commitment, really. Commitment and patience. Yep. But isn't that the key to life? Commitment and patience. And But there were tons of guys from the Facebook page. There were so many guys. I can't even think of who was there. But I'm just looking at my pile of stickers here. And there were so many cool dudes that, that we met that you know just came out local and then some really far away guys. Guys came from all over the United States to come hang out and all of, also all over the globe. So it was really cool. That's and, awesome. It was just amazing. And then yesterday, I met up with all the YouTubers, and we went around. I took everybody to the flea market, and we, we kind of did a tour around the city. And I bought a GoPro on a long stick. And so I walked around with the GoPro on the stick as if it was like my – I was the tour guide. And everybody was following me through the streets of New York. <laughs> Does that mean you haven't been working on anything? No, I haven't really been working on anything. I A little bit here and there, but um, – oh, wait a minute. I realized what's going on. GoPro turn off. That's how I got my GoPro to turn off. Oh, <laughs> fancy. <laughs> I'm oh. sitting here trying to turn my GoPro off before the podcast started, and it's like smoking hot because it's been on for the last two hours and the battery's slowly dying. I had it on voice command. I didn't know that. Some say I'm smoking hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me see. I'm going to hold you up to my GoPro. See what you like. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was just an amazing couple days. And then today was like, today is Monday. Today was like, everybody's like, what time are you leaving? What time are you leaving? Tim Sway wanted to meet everybody. Tim wasn't around. So Tim came. He wasn't around over the weekend. He wasn't available. So he came today to hang out and meet everybody. So we had like a, another meetup in my shop this afternoon. That's why I'm like five minutes late. And I left. I brought everybody to a restaurant. I said, I'm out of here. So I left them and I came here. And then nice. April and Laura might come up to my house. 
tonight. They might go rent a car and come up for the next day. So that'll be a lot of fun because I'm going up tonight. So it's been busy and I have so much work to do when I get upstate. (laughs) So they're going to come up and just watch you work. Maybe you can get them to help you. Maybe. eh, We're just going to sit around and talk like we've been doing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, my weekend was not as eventful as everybody else's, but uh, today I started working on some clocks made out of acrylic and wood veneer. Kind of experimental. I want to see what if this idea works, and if it does, I might batch out a bunch for the craft show coming up in November. I just found out last night that I got accepted into the craft show. It's a juried thing, so uh, that means I have deadlines now. But so now I got to get a bunch of stuff ready, and that means that's fuel for more videos. I can do some craft show videos getting prepared. I can do a little vlog of uh, kind of like a wrap-up of how the craft show went. And so hopefully people can pick up some good tips from that. Sweet. Well, um, I was at a different Maker Fair this weekend. I was in Atlanta. And uh, it's way smaller than the New York one. And uh, there was a big part of me that was super jealous that I wasn't in New York because it looked like a lot of fun, a lot of people there. But everybody everybody thought you guys, they all think we all travel in packs. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody that you know came by in Atlanta was like, I'm really glad you went to this one instead of New York because otherwise we wouldn't have gotten to, you know, come say hi and stuff. And um, so it was cool. I was glad to have been there. And a lot of people came uh, just to say hi and say thanks to all three of us for the podcast and, you know, for the videos and stuff. So it was really, that's always really encouraging. Met lots of cool people, saw lots of cool people that I'd met in years previous, which is nice to see. There's this one kid, I don't know if he listens, Dominic, I don't know if he listens to the podcast or not, but he, I met him. Maybe in last year for the first time. Young kid, like 12 at the time, and was super enthusiastic about, like, I love your videos, I'm I'm doing robotics, and I'm doing this, and I'm, like, young kid doing this stuff. So he came back this year uh, with his parents and was just, like, updating me on, oh, and I did this since last year, and now I'm doing this, and I started running because of you, and I'm all these things. It was so cool, like, have this little, like, kind of relationship with this kid because, you know, he's doing things and he's coming back and telling me like what he's up to and he's asking me questions about how to do what he's doing better and stuff. And his parents are really cool and supportive. And so stuff like that makes going to events like Maker Faire like way cooler than just the stuff that's at Maker Faire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good weekend. It was long. That's about four hours from here. So we drove, you know, up, did the whole weekend and then drove back last night, got back at like 1230 and then had to get the kids you brought to the school kids? this morning. No, no, we, it was just uh, Jenny and I went up. That's like one, our one weekend a year where we get to go <laughs> do something together. She helps me, you know, with the booth and everything. So leave the kids behind. But I think next year we may actually not do a booth and and so that we can take the kids because they're gonna enjoy it. Yeah, you know this this time I didn't put a booth or anything. I just walked around and it was a lot more freeing and I got to see more stuff because I got to walk around and meet people and. We, we kept ending up, me and all the YouTubers and then all the Facebook guys, we kept ending up in like one big circle and just hanging out in one spot for hours at a time. And then we'd say, let's try and go over there. And we'd, the circle would gently move 10 feet and just stay there. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Nice. Well, um, before we get into our topic for the day, let's talk about Boston real quick. We don't have a ton to share, except that, um, so on our last show which went out last Friday, we said, hey, tickets are available. And I put up 100 tickets. And today is Monday, the following Monday, and all those 100 tickets are gone. 
So that's amazing nice. and weird. I didn't really expect that, to be honest. Um, and so the venue that we were going to use, we found out actually capped at 80 people. So now I was hoping that we could announce like the venue today on this show, um, but we're having to relocate and figure something else out. So it's possible that you'll actually hear about the venue on Twitter or something before this episode comes out. You know, we'll get the info to you as soon as we possibly can. But anyway, I just want to say thanks to everybody who's signed up already. Yeah. Super cool. And Amazing. we will try to get more slots available, uh, you know, if at all possible. I mean, I'd like for as many people to be able to come as, as can. I got an email this morning from a guy and said, I just saw it sold out and me and my two boys really wanted to come. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> like, I really want to let you, you know, show up. But so we'll try to make some more spots if we can. Very um, cool. We'll announce it as soon as we can. That's like, we have to get the venue down before we can nail down the other details, which means we have to get the venue down whole, like as soon as possible. So hopefully this week we'll know more and we'll start sharing things and we'll open up the ticketing system again. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so far we have confirmation. Benueta from Homemade Modern is going to be doing a talk or something. Uh, the guys from Reclaimed Audio are going to be there doing something. The guys from Dusty Life Podcast are going to be there. The guys from Making Geeks podcast are going to be there. So, and then, you know, we're going to add some more stuff. So we're talking like a full day's worth of like live podcasts and Q&As and talks and whatever we can cram into it. We're going to try to make it as worthwhile as possible for everybody. So Right on. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be cool. And then, you know, that's going to be on Saturday. Um, We're going to try probably to do... I don't know what our schedule is yet, but we're going to try to do something outside of that as well. So if anybody that comes in like on a Friday night, you know, maybe we'll try to do a get together, meet up somewhere, maybe Sunday morning for breakfast or something. But, you know, we'll uh, get that info out to you as soon as we can. Um, We're also working on uh, real quick. We're working on a block of hotel discounts. Um, Hmm. Basically, we're kind of waiting for the contract to come back in. And once we have that We'll announce the hotels as well. But that might all change depending on the location because we want hotels that are going to be closed. So if you hang tight, we'll have hotel discounts and location. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know about you two, but I've never set up an event like this. (laughs) No, No, I'm just hanging out in the sidelines. (laughs) I'm just hanging out in the background. (laughs) There's a bunch of stuff we have not even thought through or figured out as far as, like, timing and food and... You know, David is taking care of like, and he and Kelly are working on the hotel stuff. And, but so if you guys have any experience with this stuff or like, you know, any ideas that can help us make this run smoother and be good for everybody, let us know. I talked to Tim today for a few minutes. I was hanging out with Tim Sway and he was talking about the audio stuff. So if we need help with the audio stuff, he says he can, he can help out a little bit. He's got some ideas and he's got cool, some cool. contacts in Boston that he could help with us. Cool. Mm, sweet. I'll bring the Doritos. <laughs> okay. Writing that down. Jimmy has Doritos for 300 people. In the plastic cups. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, I think that's all the news updates. What are we talking about today? So today's topic is when to hire out and sticking with what you know and what you're good at. Hmm. And Yeah. Yeah. I'm fairly new to this game. I just recently hired... Somebody and you guys have more experience, so I want to throw it to one of you two first. Well, I know that I know I'm really bad with the, with the internet, and I have lots of fans offering me to redo my website because you know my website goes stale every few weeks, every few months. And my buddy, 
he's my website guy, but he's in the middle of building a house and having a baby, so I don't want to bother him. So I'm kind of like, and I'm not putting this out there as an offer because I, I wouldn't want to do anything without Doug's uh, opinion. Doug is my web guy. And uh, Doug's been a great help, but it's really hard to manage the website when it's not something I'm good at. Like every time we sit in front of the computer, he's like, what's your password? I'm like, I don't know. And he like, he can, he does some magic on the keys and he figures it out. And uh, he's like, who's your host? I go, I don't know. And so I, it's hard for me. You guys know, like if it's not, if it's not in my wheelhouse, it's just like doesn't even exist. And it's really hard for me. The web stuff is really hard for me, but uh, thankfully I have Doug. And uh, like I said, once his life evens out a little bit, I'm going to have him help me set up the store. And I spent the last few days with Jocko and Jocko keeps reminding me that I need to make more money with my website. And I said to him, I just flat out said, I go, dude, I don't know how to do it. I said, if you think you know how to do it, I said, let's, you know, partner up and figure out how to do it. So I don't know if that's going to turn into anything, but he just keeps reminding me that I'm leaving money on the table, whatever, Hmm. however that happens or however I could avoid doing that. Jocko might help me with that. So knowing Jocko is the internet expert, I opened it up to him. So I really do know what I'm good at and I really know what I'm not good at. And it's, it's frustrating. It is really frustrating. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it is frustrating um, in that case to be, to like want to have something done and not be good at it. That's one thing, but it's like an entirely different issue when like, uh, when you're good at it and you know, you can do it just fine, but it's like in the way, like if if there's a task that um, you can do and you know, it's like, well, why would I pay somebody else to make this thing when I can make it myself? Um, and that's when it comes down to like valuing time. Those are probably two different problems, I guess is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. No, that's true because I'll always say, oh, I can do that. I can do that. And all of a sudden I'm painting with one foot, you know, hand planing <laughs> with my hands and, you know, doing all the things I know how to do, but I'm trying to jam them into a typical 12 hour day and it's just not, it's not doable. Yeah. So I, I totally get it. And, uh, that's, it's hard for me to enlist Dave and it's hard for me to, well, Dave's been, hasn't been really been around and now he's traveling for some other work. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to enlist Willie and say, Willie, you know, come on over and help me with this. Because I always think, ah, I don't want to bother him. I'll just do it myself. But now more and more, I just was sitting with Tim and I was talking. I said, when I was younger in my 30s, I go, it seemed like I could do like 17 different things in one day. I said, now it seems like if I get one good thing done in a day, I could check off my list. I'm happy. But I wish I could still do five or seven or eight things in a day and and I'm exaggerating. I know I get a lot more done in a day than just one thing. Like today I went to the bank and I sat with the bank and I had to do a wire transfer to Hong Kong, which is complicated. And then they tell me that I don't have the right bank account. And then all of a sudden the woman realizes she wrote Hong Kong dollars and not American dollars. And she's panicking. When the woman at the bank desk jumps up and runs in the back room before the transfer goes through, <laughs> I was like, should I be worried? <laughs> and then I looked at the trend and, and, and when I looked at the paper, when she said, oh, this is what happened, but it's okay. It was only a few hundred dollars because the transfers, the, the Hong Kong dollars are a lot less than American dollars. So it was only a few hundred bucks instead of thousands. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I go, don't worry. If you accidentally sent that, it's no problem. But, so sitting at the bank, you know, going and signing your name on the thing and waiting hours, it's just, it's, and then I got to go to the post office today and I got to go wait in line at the post office. It's just, everything takes time. And that's why, you know, from yeah. time to time I have, I have shop assistants that are, interns, I send them out to do some of these mundane tasks like get me supplies or like go to the post office. It's, it's, and they're not always available. So I have to go run around, do all this stuff myself. Yeah. And in that case, like when I've had people, interns 
and, and businesses in the past, people who are not necessarily qualified for a specific job, but they're just there like an intern would be. <clears throat> I'll try to um, save up those tasks for when I know they're going to be around. Sometimes that doesn't work. Obviously you got to go to the bank, you got to go to the bank, but um, like I would always try to save, you know, supply runs or kind of office stuff that just needed to be taken care of for whatever day they were going to be in the office. And, yeah. Uh, I kind of do that. Like my wife helps me out in a few things with the business now. Like she'll go to the PO box and check it once a week and, uh, she helps with oh, some of the merchandise sales. I and just remembered I have stuff. a PO box. I have to go check it. Right back. <laughs> <laughs> that happens to me like once every ten days. I'm like, I'll get an email from someone. They're like, Did you get the chocolate, Bob? By the way, I got the chocolate from the PO box. Thank you. And I say, Oh man, I got a PO box. I forgot. I've been doing that for two years. I keep forgetting I have a PO box. Hmm. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> anyway, I was just saying like. There's things like checking the P.O. box that she can do whenever it's convenient for her, but then there's, you know, sending out orders for T-shirts, stuff like that. I have to try to batch those so that they all get sent out on one day when I know she's going to be available to help get them out. So that works for certain types of tasks, right? The stuff where she doesn't have to have any specific knowledge of, like, how to post to the website or whatever to do that one part of it. But then there's other stuff, you know, that's the more kind of knowledge-driven stuff. Uh, which is, I think, is probably what we're really talking about, right? Is like the, the stuff that has to be done, the stuff that you're capable of doing, but is not the thing that you want to do or the thing that you're best at. Mm-hmm. Is that fair enough? Yeah, yeah. So, in the past, I've had different businesses, different uh, scale businesses, and at one point, uh, probably at our biggest point, we were a web development firm. We had about 15 people on staff. And it was me and a business partner. So me and another guy were at the top, right? He ran most of the business end of things. And the reason that we partnered up actually is an answer to part of this question is that I, at that time, really, really didn't want to do business stuff. I don't want to, I didn't want to talk to clients. I didn't want to deal with like negotiating prices and stuff like that. That was his thing. He was good at that. So when we started the business, it was like, you run the outward facing side of this, I'll run the inward facing side of this. And so then as we hired these 15 people over the time, some of them, just a couple of them worked with him to handle accounts and all that stuff. But then I was managing downstream for the developers and for the artists and all that stuff. And those people were really, really good at what they did specifically downstream. Um, They were better at all of those things than I was at those things. And that's why that structure worked. Um, and so my position came to be making sure they could do their jobs as effectively as possible. And so that's kind of the way I, s- I still look at this stuff. Like right now, I can edit video. I'm capable. I did it for a long time. I do it, still do it on a regular basis. But I'm better at making stuff. And so actually, as of this month, I've had an editor for a year now. And he's been editing videos for me every week. And having somebody do a task that I'm capable of has made it easier for me to do what I actually want to be able to do and what I'm better at, which in right. general, I think just lifts the whole thing up, right? Mm. You know, um, And he's gotten better at that task because he's he's been doing more of it, working with me. Um, and he's actually the same guy that designed my logo and he does all my graphics and all that stuff. And he does those things because he's way better at it than I am. Like I can admit that that's not... It's not my high point in skill, you know, and 
I want it to be done well rather than do it myself. And so that just means that I need to hire him to do it. According to your Patreon rewards, I think, aren't you close to having him work even more? Uh, we're still a little bit off from getting that reward, but gotcha. yeah, that's a goal is to have him come in and do more every week, more editing so that I can create more content. For me, I don't know that I have any good tips, tricks, or knowledge to to give everybody because I'm I'm kind of new to this. But and for me, I recently hired somebody to do the filming, uh, not because I can't, like you said, but because he is better at it. But it also allows me to be more efficient in the making part. So a lot of times we can build a whole project in a day instead of. All, when I was by myself doing a whole project in two days. So paying him for a full day's work actually works out. It changes the look and feel of the videos. Uh, it makes it even more fun because when we are alone in our shops and we're filming, we're, uh, we're talking, or at least I am, I'm talking to a camera and I have to pretend that there's an audience there. But when Eric is in the shop, I get to talk to Eric, and it's a real person, so I'm having this real interaction, and he represents the audience. And so mm. that that's kind of fun. And now I'm noticing, like, my least favorite task is keeping up with the website. The website is a huge part of my business, right? It's when, when you make YouTube videos, you kind of have to have... We've talked about it before where you have to have your eggs in multiple baskets because whatever YouTube terms of services change, the site goes down, whatever, I need to be making money in other areas. And the website is one of those areas. But I just, even though I used to be a web developer and I used to love it, I hate updating my website now. It just feels like mm -hmm. ugh, I would rather spend my time doing something else. That That is probably the biggest hurdle for me too is the website. I can't stand dealing with that. And so I know down the road that... The next task that I hire out is going to be somebody to do the website. And, you know, there's already a couple of people that are perfect for it. I just need to wait for things to be right as far as like my, my fin financials for that to happen. But I cannot wait for that to happen because it'll just make my life easier. And then once again, I can concentrate more on the projects. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in the same place with the same task. Like it, the next person I hire, which hopefully will be a full time person at some point will be <clears throat> someone who can manage outputting all of the media. So like that person will handle posting the podcasts and writing the show notes based on the episode and writing the, you know, the website posts and getting the video up there. And, but the thing that I think is really, it's, it gets that stuff off our plate, which is great, right? We don't have to do it. But it also, if somebody, if that's their own, their only thing that they do and that's what they're focused on, they can do it in a much more polished way and in a deeper way than we can do it because we're doing a hundred different things every week, all three of us and everybody listening, right? We're doing all these different things and we probably just skimp by on doing just enough website stuff to make it okay. <laughs> and we do just enough research of thumbnails and titles and keywords to make it okay. But if somebody's job, if you're paying somebody to, you know, do the research and find the best possible keywords to use in this thing, it's going to help promote the, the, content. It's going to make it, um, you know, more effective, get it in more places. And that's something like none of us really have the time or the energy to do. And that's probably working against us. So that that's There's another many times aspect. I forget to put keywords in my post up. I, I just leave the keywords completely out and I'll go back and I'll add them in like weeks later. I completely forget. 
But see, like in the case of the YouTube algorithm stuff, that really works against you. Like doing it later is not the same as doing it at the beginning. And so having somebody that is conscious of that and keeps up with it, you know, is the thing because I constantly forget to do one little piece of posting. You know, I'll forget to mm-hmm. add the end screen or forget to add this or what, you know. Um, so I'm really looking forward to having somebody to take all that stuff over as well and to just keep track of like what all has to be done every week to get the content out there. You know, Pat Flynn from the smart passive income podcast talks about everybody has an unfair advantage that makes them unique and that makes them better. It would make it easier for me to concentrate on my unfair advantage. If I can hand Mm -hmm. those tasks out to somebody else and I can concentrate on that on film personality and the making things and the design and the new projects. Like you said, like anytime I have to do that other stuff, it's taken away from what I am really good at and actually lowering the quality of potentially lowering the quality of everything overall. Yeah. So, okay. Everybody probably listening is in maybe in the same boat where they, they're starting something and they need help. They need somebody to come along and do part of it for them so they can do it better. But that's kind of hard to get to. Like you said earlier, you have to pay those people. (laughs) So do we have any ideas that we can share with them about like, how do you get to the point where you can start to farm out or what are some ways that you can farm out some of your work or some of your, those tasks? It's so difficult. (laughs) Trust is a big one. Money is, is obviously a big roadblock that you have to overcome. And there's a million ways to do that or have difficulty with that. But trust is really important. Like I, um, my friend who's my editor, he's a good friend, one of my best friends. And I completely trust him. I could hand him something and say, I need this done, and I know that it's going to be done the right way and in a way that's consistent with you know what we've done in the past. And, and there's no like, eh, hopefully I don't have to do too much work after the fact, you know, whatever. Whereas when I actually employed people in my previous business that just came in and like applied for the job, even the best possible candidates there, you know, sometimes wouldn't quite follow through. So if you're looking for somebody to help out, I always say to people when they ask me this, look inside your circles. Look for people that you already know, people you're already connected with, you already trust, because then that's one thing that you don't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's like a spouse will help you out for a little while or a close friend or I don't know. What just look, you know, to the people right around you and see if there's uh somebody trustworthy there that you can kind of bring in. I think that's a good way to start. If I can add to that, another person that I follow quite a bit, and that's Gary Vaynerchuk. He talks about when you hire out other people, you have to understand that the person that's doing that job, it's not their business. So they, you have to keep in mind that they are probably not going to put in the effort and the sweat that you might. So you kind of have to take that into consideration going in that this person, I don't know how to say it, but they might they don't not have the live- same investment that you have. Yeah, in it. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense. But I think once you get, you know, if, if you find some people, <clears throat> having money to hire them to take those jobs, uh, take those tasks over, that's kind of the next thing you have to figure out. And there's probably no silver bullet there. But I would think that you want to try to find some tasks that um, can end up paying for themselves. Right? You don't mm-hmm. want to, like, make more videos so that you can pay somebody to do the website stuff. You want to figure out how to make the website generate enough money to pay somebody to do the website. Yes. Right. I would guess. And so in my case, like video is kind of my core thing. And so the editor makes sense because that allows me to create more video. 
Whereas the website stuff is, it, it's definitely important and it's something I want to get to, but that's not, it would be hard for me to justify the cost of, especially yeah. full time, uh, somebody doing right now because the website isn't turning around the income that I would need yet. Right. Jimmy, I have a question for you. Have you ever taken on a job where like, oh, this involves bricklaying. I could do this, but somebody else, I could pay somebody else to do this much faster than me. And then you in turn actually get the job done sooner. Uh, yeah, there's been a couple times. There's been a couple times where like uh, I made some metal stuff and I farmed it out to somebody who could chrome it. I have no ability to chrome anything, and but uh, I left it in their hands to do the correct job. And I made some, uh, I fabricated some parts and had them chromed and powder coated, and and that's fun. And uh, yeah, from time to time, I actually have Taylor help me with some things that I'm not good at. Um, I can't think of any specific examples right here off the top of my head, but. I, I certainly do farm some stuff out from time to time. Probably not as much as I should. I mean, if I was smart, but it gets back to that trust. I just, I don't trust anybody to do it in time. And, you know, usually, which is unfortunate for my circumstance, I always get a gig that has to be done in three days from now. It's always like, hey, can you build this bar and have it in San Francisco in seven days? And, uh, and that means I need four days for FedEx. So that means I got to build it in 24 hours. So that's typically, uh, you know, most of the of the, the high paying gigs that I get, but I, I might have a, a situation coming up where I need to build ten bars that I've already built before, and if that's the case, I'm definitely going to enlist some help because it's a lot of repetitive stuff, and uh, I'll definitely enlist some help when that gets down to it, hmm. just because it's just a volume of work that that's repetitive, and I could certainly have Dave and somebody else just you know do the majority of some of the welding, and then I could work on some of the the more involved stuff. I have, it involves a lot of letters, channel letters, letters with the light bulbs in them. Hmm. I mean, I don't have the gig yet, but I've quoted it. And if I do get it, it's going to be a tremendous amount of work. So. I guess that also kind of attaches to what you've always said about day rates, right? Like if, yeah. if there's a certain way of, you know, if it's going to take a day to do a job and you can pay somebody less than your day rate to get that job done, uh-huh. then you're profiting in that point. Right, yep. and you can yep. do something else and still yep. make that day rate. So, but I mean, it seems easy, but you still also have to manage the client. You have to manage the the, the person you hire. Make sure that they're doing a good job. Because if all goes wrong, you got to do it all over yourself, and you and then you're losing money. And that's that's always the big risk. A lot of times too is, uh, I, I, and again, I, I'm I'm saying I take the wrong approach because I guess I'm just too old school. Sometimes I don't hand off work because I think to myself, it's easier for me to just do this right now in the next two hours than try and explain it to somebody. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'll, uh, you know, let me just do it. And then I'm like, tell like, where are you? You're supposed to be home two hours ago. Oh, I'll be there in a minute. And I'm like doing this thing so I don't have to talk to anybody about it. So that's something I have to work on. Cool. Well, we have any, any other thoughts on this? You guys are talking about hiring somebody to do websites. I wish I had somebody that I could... I'm not going to discuss with Doug, but I, I, if I had somebody I could literally pay each month and just give them a snipe it, you know, a snippet of money and just let them deal with all this, and I could feed them pictures and let them manage it, and you know, they might know and understand my style. Maybe Doug has somebody that works for him that could do that for him, for me. Here's another, another idea that's kind of attached to what you just said that's made me think of it, but you could modify this to work in a lot of situations, not any situation. <clears throat> but um, if you don't have the investment, right, if you don't have the, f- the money to put into somebody to paying them an hourly wage or whatever to take care of some of these tasks for you. Um, what I was saying earlier about having the job provide enough money for the cost of the person, you know, to do the job, 
Um, you can also look at commission-based stuff. And like I said, this won't work in every situation, but if you can find somebody and say, I'm going to give you a 10% commission or whatever on doing this particular type of work, then they have the incentive. And so that's where, you know, you were talking about investment earlier. That gives them a different investment in that, like, if I work really hard and get this stuff done in a certain amount of time and it makes X dollars, then I get 10% of that X dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't work at all, I get nothing. And that seems fair, right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, and th- this has actually worked for me a couple of times. And it's cool because um, it's, I don't know that that would work in a situation where work has to be done. Like the website has to be updated. And if it's not updated, okay. But somebody negotiating um, you know, fees, uh, deal, sponsorship deals, or I don't know. There's, there's a bunch of things that could fall into this category where that person is doing their work, they get a percentage of whatever they're bringing in, and as long as what they're bringing in is what you need plus 10%, you're good. And it's not really costing you anything, but it's work that you don't have to do. So that might be another way to look at, you know, um, yeah. if, if you're subcontracting work, you know, you get a big job and you need to contract part of it out, just say like, well, however much you can produce in 10 days, um, I'm going to give you you know, the cost per item plus 10% or whatever, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. don't know how you would work it out, but yeah, no, that's, that's a good way to approach certain things. Something we haven't talked about is when you do this, you have to develop a new skill and that is people management. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that's, that's um, why I just stay alone all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And, and things happen. Like sometimes I know that, Oh, on Tuesday, we have a tight day. You know, we've, we've got nine hours to do this and to get it done. And then family things happen, right? So, I, you know, I, I'll get a message like, hey, I'm going to be, you know, a little bit late dealing with a family issue. I'm like, cool, take care of, you know, you get to take care of you first. But then it kind of throws into a wrench in, in, into my plans. And so I wasn't expecting that at first, but now I, now I know. I had my own company with my brother. We did product development in the toy business. And we had about five or six employees. And I was, Joey, Joey just wanted me to be alone all the time to come up with toy ideas. He didn't want me to deal with anything. He said, don't bother Jimmy with anything. Just let him do his toy stuff. And I'd sit at the table and cut balls in half and hot glue them to springs. And I was like, you know, the mad scientist. And then one of the people that worked for me turned around and tells me she has a crush on me. And so I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, this isn't, you know, I'm, I, I have a girlfriend. I don't, you know, she thought some fantasy world where she thought, like, we were going to end up together. And then it turns out my graphic designer had a crush on her, and now he's mad at me because she doesn't like him and he li- she likes me. And now I'm, like, sucked into this, like, love triangle that I have nothing to do with. <laughs> and everything went kablooey. I, I mean, I, I could spare everybody the the, the long story, but... He ended up quitting because I lost my temper with him because he said to her, maybe you should sue Jimmy because you never signed a work for hire agreement. And then she thought all the, the images that she had drawn over the years were her, her own, but she was drawing pictures for my inventions. The inventions is what sold the product, not the, the stylistic nature of it. So she thought that she owned all these inventions and then she had a friend on the baseball team who was a lawyer who's like, oh yeah, oh, let me look at what's going on. You know what? We can sue these guys. And so in like one day, everything went up in smoke and it all stemmed from this like little love crush that had nothing to do with me. I was just guilty of being good looking and charming. (laughs) Guilty as charged. I was supposed to get a laugh. I hope everybody (laughs) laughed at that. 
Um, yeah, no, and, and I lost both of those guys as friends. <laughs> in, in one day, I lost both of them as friends. I never spoke to either one of them again. So hmm. it's managing people. And that's why, and I think, you know, in, in hindsight, I wasn't thinking of this when this podcast started, but I think in hindsight, that kind of scarred me. And that's why I kind of basically work alone. When Dave's like, I'm going to take a month off, I'm like, okay, go ahead. You know, it's, I mean, I love Dave. I mean, Dave never had any issues, but at least as far as I know, Dave doesn't have a crush on me. But <laughs> I, I always kind of default to being alone because of like the issues that I had for those three years. I mean, that, that I just described something that took a year to, to pan out. So I never even thought of it like that. It's a it's a relationship. And sometimes yeah. when those relationships are over, you're no longer friends. Yeah. Eric, I know you're listening. And let's be <laughs> friends even after we're done working together. Yeah, I mean, I've I've worked with I've had several employees over the years, and um, I that's the part I actually liked the least about that situation was having to not deal with people. I like people. I like talking and having relationships with people. But in the context of having like employees, it changes. You can only be friends to a point. Not that you can't be friends with them, but at a point, it changes over. You have a different responsibility for them. You're paying somebody, and then all of a sudden, you're like, look at the brand new Cadillac I just bought. They're like. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know, then it's like a weird dynamic. So you got to kind of, there is like a, you know, you got to mm. put up some, some boundaries. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's important to, I think if you do hire somebody, whether it's full-time or part-time or whatever, be pretty clear about the relationship, about like the expectations. I always come back to expectations. Mm. If they know what you have, expect of them for the price that you're going to pay them, everybody's good. If that's unclear, then they may think that they don't have to do as much work as you do or whatever. Um, but if you know, if you lay that stuff out ahead of time, everybody knows where everybody stands, and then there's less chance of like the, the weird stuff to pop up and make it difficult. Because then once that stuff comes into it, then it's, you're not getting anything done. You're not going to be productive, which was the point of the whole thing in the first place. So um, you want to get as much of that garbage out of the way and just make it easy to do work for both of you, and then everybody's you know, kind of moving forward. So, yep. yeah. Cool. Good. Guys got anything else on this? No, I'm going to go home and cry. I'm sorry. I brought that up. <laughs> I'm just <Aww>. kidding. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm only kidding. We don't even have to put that in the pot. I'm just, it was such, it was just such a traumatic, like six months. And I, and I completely forgot all about it until we started talking about having people work for you. And mm. it really is the reason why I just don't have like when people say, Oh, I'm like, yeah, you can come if you want, yeah, if you want. I'm not like, you know, it's not something I really need. That's something I, I really want, I guess I should say. Mm. But as things grow up and, you know, as long, I, just got, I just have to be really cautious of that dynamic. You know, like, and in my case, the dynamic was somebody developed a crush on me and it was absolutely non-reciprocated and had no intentions of being that way. And that just created a weird dynamic, and that was just going all around in the in the shop, and I had no idea. I was completely unaware of it until it hit me square in the face. Hmm. So I just got to be more cautious. But it's been a long time since I've been in that circumstance. Well, you got you got lots of love now from the people that watch your videos. So everybody tweet at Jimmy and tell him that you have a crush on him. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Hey, Let, let's make him comfortable with having yeah. crushes on him again. <laughs> Cool. Well, um, what have you guys been watching? Anything cool? Anything new? Yeah, there's this channel that I wanted to talk about called Cat's Moses Woodworking. And it's just, it's a lot of hand tool based stuff. 
But, uh, you know, I even though I don't do a lot of hand tool work myself, I like watching it. And plus, this guy has this little magnetic dovetail jig that helps you cut dovetails. He sent me one. It's a cool thing. I'm going to try it out, and I'm going to put it in a video here soon. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to Katz Moses Woodworking. Right on. I got to hang out with Barnacles Nerdgasm this week, and I, I knew his channel, and I've watched it from time to time, and then all of a sudden he was there. And to see him in person, I didn't realize who he was until he told me and and I, and I understood. And so he's a ball of energy. We had a couple of laughs. I'm probably going to be in some of his videos. He's going to be in some of my videos this week. Everybody had cameras pointing at each other this week. It was really funny. So Barnacles, he does 3D printing and he's just like new technology stuff. And he's, he's also on a quest to lose a lot of weight. So he's documenting his weight loss, which is going to definitely be inspiring to some of us. Yeah. And he's already made really good progress on it. Yeah. Which is and he's, he's sticking to it. So I hung out with him. Jerry is his name. I hung out with him when I was in Seattle a few weeks ago. Um, he, he's from Seattle. And so when I was out there at Punish Props hanging out with Bill and all them, he was around. Oh, yeah. He yeah. said he was hanging out with Bill. Bill him and yep. Bill just did something together. Yep. Hey, do we want to uh, do we want to tease our, uh, our we have a very special guest in the next episode. Do we want to tease that? I think mm. we should leave it at that. I think we should this leave week. it at that in case anything goes wrong. <laughs> so next week we're supposed to have a very special guest who invited himself on the show. So that makes it a lot easier for all three of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so awesome. It's one of those yeah. where you, do, you don't say no. You know, yeah. I mean, just yeah, yes, of course, you can be on the podcast. <laughs> of course. So yeah, we'll leave it at that. Be right sure on. not to miss next week. Actually, did you, while you were at Maker Fair, if you were hanging out with Jerry, did you meet Joel Telling? Uh, I might have. Tell me a little bit more about Joel. I might have. I 3D, so many 3D printing, 3D printing nerd. Uh, I might have. I met so He's, many people, and he was hanging out with a guy. I thought he was hanging out with a guy named Jason. I think. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I know Jason actually as yeah. well. Anyway, um, Joel Telling is also from Seattle, and he and Jerry and um, Jason were all hanging out there this weekend. Um, Joel is super cool. He has a channel called the 3D Printing Nerd, and he does all sorts of 3D printing stuff. <clears throat> a lot of it is like printer reviews or filament reviews or he's explained the process of how to do certain things but he's he's a super nice guy a lot of fun hanging out with him uh hopefully we'll do some stuff with him in the future but so yeah be sure to check out the 3d printing nerd tell him bob sent you hey just one more thing uh i didn't mention it in the beginning but you know when you go to make a fair and there's always that one thing that everybody's talking about and it's like oh did you see everybody saw origin everybody saw Wazer. But there was a guy in the 3D printing section who had, it was a company that had a 3D printer that 3D prints steel. And the way it 3D prints steel is it literally deposits a weld and it does the XYZ for a weld and it builds up. But right next to the welding head, there's a machine head. So it makes a weld, then cleans it, and then makes a weld, then cleans it, and then makes a weld, <laughs> oh, then cleans it. Whoa. Yeah. It wasn't demoing though, so they have a lot of work to do. But just the concept of a welder depositing steel. And then a machine head right beside it, cleaning it up. I mean, I can only imagine the splatter inside that booth. It's a kind of like, it's called the, uh, well, I don't remember the name. We can look it up quickly, but it was the such and such 888. And that meant eight inches wide by eight inches deep by eight inches high. And it was such a great concept. And they were, they were planning on uh, 3D printing in steel the head of a Harley Davidson for uh, the, the forward part of a Harley motor. And are you looking at it, Bob? I'm looking it up. I, I haven't oh. found it yet. 
That's crazy, though. Probably. Yeah, so they, I think they were planning on doing it at Make a Fair, but maybe they had a glitch. But again, when people ask me my opinion, like, what do you think of Wazer and what do you think of the origin? I say, you know what? Like, we've landed on the moon. Now it's time to refine it. So, like, these things might not be in perfect shape right now and they're in their infancy. Or, you know, some people are like, oh, that Kickstarter is never going to work. Everyone's going to get their money back. These are some of the things I've heard about these products. I'm like, you know what? These guys are knocking down a door. Maybe they don't end up with the one that becomes, you know, the Ford Model T, but they're knocking down doors and we're, we're making headway in each one of these departments. You know, the consumer version of a, of a laser cutter or the consumer version of a water jet or the consumer version of a, you know, endless CNC machine. And so I think it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the same thing with this machine. This might not be the final version, but now once you announce hey, what if you had a welder that also has a machine head on it right next to it so it cleans your weld as you weld? Like, ah, that's a good idea. That's pretty I nice. honestly, like right on the top of my head, I have a couple things like, well, this won't work, well, that won't work, but I don't want to sound negative. I just want to wait and see what happens because yeah. those are all problems that need to be solved. Huh. Well, if anybody knows what that is, I couldn't find it just with a quick Let Google search. Oh, so. Here it is. I found it oh. in my pile of stickers. I can't believe it's right there. It's called theability3d.com. Ability3D.com. Is that what that says? Cool. I can't read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll yeah. put a link in the show notes. Go check it out. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> um, you know what I just realized? I didn't say what I was. what's coming out this week, but I'm really excited about it because I'm a nerd. So can I say that even though it's super late? Go ahead, Go please. Um, so I made a custom horn for my truck, and <clears throat> my horn, the actual horn in the in the vehicle doesn't work all the time because it's old dukes and of hazard uh, please tell me it's dukes of hazard it's i i can add that i can add any <laughs> sound that i want oh it's digital <laughs> actually you know i thought about doing that um and i ended up grabbing the night rider soundtrack instead so i can press a button and it starts the night rider soundtrack so i was at maker fair this weekend pulled up to a stoplight <clears throat> at maker fair where there's all these like super nerdy people just like me right and they're all walking a pass and i hit hit a button and over the loudspeaker hidden in my bumper comes out the Transformers transform sound. And they all stopped and like looked around like, what? <laughs> There's a Transformer somewhere. So I have a video coming out this week about... Actually, it'll be out by the time this show's out. But uh, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I love you too. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. You can add any sounds that you want. I have like a little control panel inside the truck where I can just press buttons and <laughs> make sounds. It's, oh, and it's so easy. Awesome. It's so much fun. It's cool. That's funny. Yeah. I used to hang out with Uncle Mullet when he lived in New York, and he had a little red Ford, like Jimmy or something. It was like a little Ford uh, truck, and he had that computer thing that you could pipe in any sound. It had like the Godfather, and the one thing he always used was the rooster sound. So everywhere we went, we'd be driving all around Manhattan, and he'd always push the rooster sound, and everybody <laughs> would be looking around. It's hard to tell where it came from unless you were right in front of the grill of the truck. And so yeah. Uncle Mullet had what was called the Red Rooster, and that's what we called his little red truck, the Red Rooster. And then he just always used the rooster sound everywhere we went. Nice. Bringing back memories. Well, I got the idea from uh, when I was a kid, we listened to this record at my grandparents' house, and I don't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but he had a, a microphone and a loudspeaker, so and he could do sound effects. So he would pull up to a intersection and then like nowhere near a train, and he would do the train sound of a train coming through a station at the intersection and people would be getting out of the cars and like looking around and nobody would go through the intersection because they were like, there's got to be, there's a train coming, but there's no track. And he would do that and he would do, you know, horses running through intersections and stuff. And it was so funny. But back when we were 16 or 17, my buddy had a, 
we all were really into CBs at that time. So everybody had a CB in their car. My buddy had one, and you could hook up uh, a loudspeaker to it. So we had a loudspeaker in the underneath the hood. And I just remember one time we're driving past Little Caesars, and there's a guy carrying a couple pizzas. And my buddy Chris goes, pizza, pizza. And the guy just like <laughs> looked and was completely blown away. It was, oh, he just brought back some awesome memories, Bob. <laughs> That's cool. I should probably hook up a mic. It would be really easy to hook up a mic to this one as well. So I might have to do that. Hmm. Cool. Well, um, before we go, let me say thank you to our Patreon supporters. Um, the, this whole event like that we're doing in Boston is being anything that we – have to pay for is being paid for by the people who support us on Patreon, which is awesome. So thank you guys. Yes. Especially Make, Build, Modify, Luis Gonzalez, and Dan K. Make. They are top supporters over there. You guys are great. Um, so if you want to help out the show or help out our our Making It 100 event, go to patreon.com slash making it and help us out. That, thank you. You guys got thank anything you, else for this week? That's it. I have a cold, so I'm sorry. I sound all nasally all day. So, because I'm I'm really congested. I worked myself. I, I ran myself ragged hanging out with everybody, but it was it was definitely worth it. So, I love everybody in YouTube. So nice. There you go. Don't miss next week's podcast. Be awesome. Should we tell them? No. No, no, don't tell them. You know what? Let's tell them. But when I do the editing, I'm gonna cut it off right at. So, Jimmy, who are we having on next week? Thanks for coming.